Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Good to be back for another Epipod. Season four started out pretty fun. Emmylou Harris. Yep. Nirvana. Nirvana. Naturally, those yep. two. I mean, when you think of one, you think of the other. Peanut butter and jelly. Tom and Jerry. Hitler and Mussolini. Yep. They were friends, right? It has been a lot of fun in season four. And after a nice break, you know, missed all the engagement with the fans. So with that being said, it's time for another installment of Kenny Gmail. If you're new to Finest Work Songs, or even if you're not new to Finest Work Songs, this is our new segment for this year, Kenny Gmail, where we read fan mail that has been emailed to us through our uh, email account, finestworksongs at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So please, you send us that email. Who knows? It might get read on, a, on an knows? episode. Today's installment of Kenny Gmail is in response to our Hootie and the Bluefish Cracked Review Epipod. I can't wait to see what they say yeah, after yeah. listening to that epipod. This email comes from Fallon Maholik. Shout out to our Irish work fans. From Fallon, the email, I believe one of your advertisings caused my internet browser to resize. You may well want to put that on your blacklist. Oh, no. I feel bad about that. I mean, Golly. we can't control the advertisings. That's how we make our living is yeah. through our advertisings. Mostly vaping advertisings, right. apparently. Yeah. Man, I'm really sorry it messed with your browser. Yeah. It's just interesting that somebody's sitting there at their computer working and listening. I wonder if you can get good work done while listening to us. I mean, I like to think that our dulcet tones are very similar to like when I'm reading and I've got Inya playing in the background. Oh, my gosh. Do we inspire or do we distract? Or do we put to sleep? What if we found out that everyone uses us <laughs> to when to they sleep. can't sleep? Yeah. We, we, we run like the analytics and 90% of our listeners are listening from like 10 p.m. Right. to like 11.30 p.m. <laughs> they don't listen past like 25 minutes in. No, because so they, they set their finish. timer. That's what people come to us for. I'm good with that. We're here for it. Yeah. Got any more Kenny Gmail? We actually do have another Kenny Gmail to read. This one was in response to our Cranberries No Need to Argue of mm-hmm. a pod. So okay. this comes from... Stevie Glowert, I think this is one of the most important information for me, and I'm glad reading your article, but want to remark on a few general things. <laughs> the website style is perfect. The articles is really great. The articles is really great. Thank you, Steve. Thanks. Does Steve have a website? Steve's website is buffaloslot.net slash bf slash profile dot php question mark id equals nine nine one nine zero okay so be buffalo sure to, slot buffalo slot slash bf so slash if BF. you go to buffalo slot and you type in finest work songs yep. you'll get the bf discount you'll get the, BF the best discount. friend discount yeah totally i'm impressed that our website's perfect yeah the articles they must be posting i can't tell you the last Consider time i read one of them the only thing we post on there is basically the epipods yeah right yeah. but hey, maybe that maybe that's what steve's talking about he's saying yeah he's that's another way of saying our this podcast is perfect <laughs> yeah I'm gonna look up buffaloslot.net <laughs> i have to now i'll give that a, a little bit of time we'll see if it actually loads. <laughs> not looking good you know again we just we love this interaction with the, the listeners so please email us at finestworksongs at gmail.com and you, you might make it on another installment of kenny gmail we'd love to hear your rim carks we started off with an underrated but brilliant album in Emilio Harris's Wrecking Ball. Yep. Followed that up with Nirvana's Nevermind. And so naturally, naturally, the next thing we would be doing is what? A super group formed philanthropic charity song.
We're not even doing the album. We are just focusing on the song, We Are the World. This is going to be great. As always, we like to start with our memories. So Matt, what is your memory of We Are the World? When We Are the World came out, 1985? Yes. So I would have been 10 years old, give or take. You don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at that. Well, it depends on the month, right? January. I would have been nine. I was just a young little, easily influenced and inspired nine-year-old. And what I remember most was just the song We Are the World was everywhere. It was The video was on all the time. Mm-hmm. If you in the car listening on the radio, you heard it three times an hour at least. It's long. And it's a long song. It's long, long, long song. <laughs> That song was on the radio a lot. Too. Yes. That's kind um, of the We Are The World. Yeah, of the early 2000s. Yeah. But yeah. I think it raised a lot of money for something, <laughs> too. But having not really listened to the song, probably in 25, 30 years, when I was listening to it this week, I could almost tell you, okay, so Bruce is singing now. Mm-hmm. I know who's coming next. I know who's coming after that. You know, you get to the part with fun Uncle Huey Lewis. Cindy Lauper's getting ready to chime in with uh-huh. her fake British accent. I mean, like... <laughs> You can't get the song out of your head, for better or worse. Right. What about you? What's your What's your memory of We Are the World? You know, 2020 was a hard year. Mm-hmm. It's not the hardest time that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember the 24 years ago when the aliens <laughs> invaded Earth. When they <laughs> oh, I mean, who who can't yeah. forget that? Okay, I just want to yeah. make sure. Right. And these weren't your little ET friendly aliens. Wanting Reese's Pieces. Yeah, so they were just kicking our butts. I mean, they had shields. You couldn't destroy their ships. Uh, I was a pilot at the time. Oh. Yeah, it's just what I did. I couldn't even destroy mm-hmm. the alien. I had to eject at the last second in the Grand Canyon of all places. Sure. And the alien ship crashed. You know, I got the body. We took it to Area 51 and the president was there mm-hmm. and the president knew he had to call for a nuclear assault. Mm-hmm. And we knew that we needed everybody to be able to do this. And so they got on the horn with all the different countries that had survived. The president knew he needed to unite everybody. And so he started singing, we are the world. Wow. Everyone came together. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. We destroy the aliens. But afterwards, I was like, hey, Prez, what was that song you were singing? He's like, we are the world. Have you never heard it? I was like, no. He's like, it's the greatest song ever. I was like, I don't know about that, but I'm going to check it out. <laughs> I did. I checked it out. So and, 11 years after it came out, you're first hearing about we are the world. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's the most unbelievable <laughs> part of that story. <laughs> Not the aliens. No. <laughs> All right. We can jump right in. Finest work fans. Yes. We are so excited to have a guest with us here today. It's our first two-timer. He's back. Our Bob Dylan expert yes. here for We Are the World, because as we'll see, the best part about We Are the World is Bob Dylan. It, it is. And I, I thought we were here to do Blonde on Blonde. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We tricked you. All we said was Bob Dylan's greatest achievement. And Dwayne's like, I'm in. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Dwayne Davis. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. We actually reference you pretty often. We troll you yeah. about well, wait, Bobby wait, wait, D. Wait, 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 wait. We don't troll him. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. That's just you troll him. It all comes back to Bob Dylan. I mean, I've been trying to prove that point. Today, we're going to put a final exclamation point on that. Yeah, that's right. So what you're saying is this is the pinnacle of Bob Dylan's career? Uh, It's a a point. (laughs) (laughs) It did happen. You know, again, we're only doing the song. We're not doing the album. But where do you even begin with this insane night? And listeners, we have the YouTube video up. While we listen, we're going to be... It's mystery... Finest Work Songs 3000. That's right. We were talking about a little bit earlier, like, you couldn't do this song now. No. The famous people tried in the spring when they did John Lennon's Imagine, and, and that was even over Zoom, and the world just... Crapped on it. Yeah. I mean, just outright rejected it. Forget the niceties. Yeah. It's just not real. You That's suck. what they would say. But in the mid-80s, 
everybody was here for this. Yeah. Get all the famous people together, let them sing, let them raise money. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They got a lot of famous people together. Yeah. So a little backstory. The Brits Mm -hmm. came up with, do they know it's Christmas? Band-Aid. Yep. Raised a whole bunch of money. I think it was Harry Belafonte who had the idea Mm -hmm. in the U.S. and got Quincy Jones involved, who Mm -hmm. had produced Thriller, among other things, but he was on top of the world because that's where he demands he will be. (laughs) And Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie, who was also on top of the world, as we'll see. And Stevie Wonder, those were kind of the ones who... The linchpins. The linchpins. Mm -hmm. And they said, Michael, do you want to be involved? And he said, yes, also I'll write it. And I will take over everything. Yeah. (laughs) They gathered all these famous people together brilliantly on the night of the American Music Awards. Mm-hmm. So everybody went to the American Music Awards, except Michael, who didn't win any that night. He may have known that he wasn't going to win any. And then they got everyone in the recording studio, starting about 10 p.m., recorded the song, and the world was given a gift by all these famous people. One of the reasons I'm interested in We Are the World, aside from the fact that Bob Dylan is yeah. in it, mm-hmm. is how 80s the whole thing feels. Yeah. And whether it's the track seats, the hair. <laughs> I mean, Stevie Wonder's two sweaters. Yeah. I mean, he shows up with one sweater, <laughs> and then they overdub, and he's got another sweater on, uh-huh. you know, from another night or something, or the next morning. I don't know. When I look back at it, it strikes me as one of the most 80s things I could possibly imagine and a strange moment in pop culture. Well, when I compare it even with Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas video, mm-hmm. and those were heavy hitters at that time. Most of the Band-Aid folks, you're like, who's who's that now? You know, yeah. with We Are the World. I mean, these are still, even today, iconic American superstars. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not still alive or producing music today, but these were the biggest of the bigs. At that time, and many of them you know, still are even today. Yeah, which is a feat in and of itself right. to get these people together. Mm-hmm. I think they were having difficulty. They were hoping for about 20 people. Mm-hmm. And then Bruce Springsteen said he was in. Okay. And apparently after that, they said people started calling to get in Requesting. on this thing. Yeah. Because he the was boss at the was... peak, right, of his mm-hmm. sort of single after single and mm-hmm. becoming you know more and more famous. Mm-hmm. Right. The night before he played four hours, hops on a plane flies out to california flew the plane himself that's right (laughs) he rents a car but everyone else is arriving in limos he parks out on the boulevard because he said he found a great space and just walks in (laughs) right isn't it a pickup truck too oh i don't know Uh, yeah that's what i read that it was he drives a pickup truck of course and walks in while everybody's around back in the limos yeah yeah and apparently they were really strict about only the artist is allowed in the studio Mm -hmm. because everyone has their entourage and people with them famously there was a sign that said check your egos at the door yeah you know let's talk about who was there okay paul simon kenny rogers is there tina turner 80s name after 80s hall Huey lewis ray charles that was a big deal he walks in and billy joel says it's like the statue of liberty walked in which is a really weird thing to say (laughs) like what does the statue of liberty like what (laughs) what does that even mean i guess he means something so iconic Yeah. yeah and bob dylan so we have questions for you, Dwayne. Oh, yes. you do? All right. I have answers. Why is he there? It seems like the least Bob Dylan thing, as we'll see, it is the least Bob Dylan <laughs> thing to be a part of. But do you know why he would be there? I don't know the story of who coerced him to come. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I, I really Strong don't. Man. I mean, I do know the visual of him being the one person who on his face continues to say, why are any of us here? Yeah. <laughs> it's a low point in his career. 
he just put out uh, Empire Burlesque, one of his worst albums. Mm. It's like Bob Dylan in the 80s. He is searching for a way back. It's kind of mm. like after the Christian period. Mm-hmm. And he's getting back into sort of trying to produce rock music and, and play. He'll tour with, you know, the Heartbreakers. And, and oh, does, cool. does that work or does that not work? He's mm-hmm. trying things to figure yeah. out what's going to work. But I wish I knew. I don't know the I don't know the exact story of who called him up, you know, to get him in the room. It's pre traveling wheelberries. It is, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But it's leading up to that. It's on the way. Mm-hmm. He's, he's on the way back. I can imagine Tom Petty, George Harrison, Roy Orbison sitting around watching TV, and they see Bob, and they're like, "Oh, he needs help. <laughs> we got to do something. We got to we got to do an intervention." And they go to show up at his house to do like a classic intervention but you know it turns into a jam session and they become the traveling wilburys <laughs> aside from his solo there's like one yeah. shot of him yeah. because i watched this documentary that yeah. they had in the documentary they show the footage of everyone singing and he's not singing the chorus he's just kind of mumbling maybe but there are times when his mouth is shut and he's just listening <laughs> he looks like he's never been in a recording studio before <laughs> I do have, I feel like I have an explanation for that. Okay. Well, I mean, I have a couple explanations. I mean, one is it was like three or 4 a.m. by that time. I know that doesn't explain the whole thing, but Bob Dylan is used to walking into the room and playing and everybody else lines up. That's true. You know what I mean? And so he's used to, and he'll, he'll change things. He'll say, Hey, we practice this in four, four. He shows up and he plays it in three, four, or he, you know, changes the total mood of the song Mm -hmm. and everybody's just supposed to fall in line. Yeah. He's not used to like playing anything straight. It has to be this way because it has to fit into the whole group. Right. And I think he doesn't even have a concept for that. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, that's my defense. I'm going to defend Bob. Oh, yeah. That's that's naturally. And he looks miserable the whole night. I mean, one of the things I don't don't understand that I think is amazing about the whole thing is it's a terrible song. Yeah. You know? It's catchy. Can we we agree on that? Okay. It's it's memorable. They wanted it to be anthemic. And it is. It gets stuck in your head. And I remember seeing it all over the place in the mid 80s. But it's the strangest piece of soft rock and you have Willie Nelson and Bob Dylan and Stevie wonder. And they I mean, write great songs right. and they all are on board with it more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But like how, how did anybody convince any of them to do it? Because influenced them, I think more than anything. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, one, I think there's a little bit of a, well, you know, the Brits did it. So we gotta, we've got to do something. <sighs> Maybe we don't love it, but we're going to do it. Because everyone's on board. The artists who no longer had hits were excited. It puts you in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, the newer artists are excited to be with these icons. Right. Dan Aykroyd's excited to be there. Oh, he lo- he's like, super excited. Why is Dan Aykroyd there? Blues Brothers? I read that it was an accident. <laughs> no, I, I'm not kidding. I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> he like- just like wandered in. He's supposed to be doing like voiceover for <laughs> Blues Brothers 2 or something. No, he and his dad were... Um, Fishing. they were uh doing some sort of management or looking for management and they went into the office of like the wrong office and it was the guy who managed kenny rogers oh my god and that guy's like oh dan Aykroyd, hey while you're in town we're doing this thing (laughs) oh my gosh Honestly, I do feel bad for him. It's Dan Aykroyd, the comedian, a really good entertainer, really funny. At this point, he is on top of the world. Mm-hmm. 
I bet he's not even singing, but he doesn't look happy. He just looks like, I shouldn't be here. Why am I here? <laughs> he looks like with his hair and the tie, and even you can see the name tag hanging down. He looks like an average Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, he just looks yeah. like, I'm surrounded by stars, and I'm just this guy who wandered in. He looks like an average Joe. Meanwhile, Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing average about Michael. <laughs> he shows up in his full-on, like... His Michael outfit. Even the glove. The glove. I feel like that would be a little weird. You'd walk in and go, oh, were we supposed to dress up as our characters? It'd be like mid-80s, you two, getting together for like a recording session. You know, it's supposed to be like a, a private kind of quiet thing. And Bono walks in in the full leather vest, hat, yeah. cross around his neck. <laughs> and, and like the other guys are in like t-shirts and shorts like, oh, I guess, I guess we're doing this. It's ridiculous. Yeah, with the socks that are, yeah. I mean, are they made out of diamonds? I mean, <laughs> probably. probably. <laughs> You've got who gets a, a solo line versus who's in the chorus. Yes, and, yes. So you naturally, you've got daryl hall gets a line john oates does not yeah which that was a big deal you've got all these famous people and apparently quincy said we are determining ahead of time Mm -hmm. we're not going to leave it to that moment because you know everybody's going to be trying to vie for there Mm -hmm. and it gets really uncomfortable so he brought everybody in lines them all up they're rehearsing the song and he kind of casually says oh you might have noticed this tape up here that's for the soloist we'll do that later it sends the message to everybody like when it's time to get the solo if your name's not there, you thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. And the solo is obviously the big part of the song. We're going to jump into it line by line, star by star. <laughs> Here we go. This is how it begins. I don't know why they start this way. And then in the video, all the signatures come up. Yep. The one I see most is Lindsey Buckingham. <laughs> Here comes Lionel. There comes a time when we heed a certain He's looking off in the distance. He's locked in. Oh, yeah. He's like, I wrote this song. I know this song. Stevie harmonizing. Now it's Stevie. Simon, no Garfunkel. The roaster. Look how tall King Rogers is <laughs> compared to Paul Simon. Paul it's Simon's like twins. Five foot two. It's yeah, the it's movie like, twins. It's like the movie twins. So those are our first four. Okay. Obviously starts with Lionel yep. and Stevie. They wrote it. They're kicking it off. And then Paul Simon. Mm-hmm. No Garfunkel. Mm-hmm. Not even in the choir. Right. Huey Lewis brought the news. <laughs> But Simon doesn't get to bring Garfunkel. I just, I'm trying to remember a time when Huey Lewis and the News were the greatest thing. You, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's some of the stars, they have staying power, but I'm just yeah. like, Huey Lewis, no. And if you talk to people older than us, Huey Lewis and the News and the album Sports, yep. they were the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember hits from them, mm-hmm. but I don't remember them being so cool that Huey got to bring the News with right. him. Yeah. The, there's five like, members of the news who are in like, the choir. Like the East Street Band's not there. No. They wouldn't fit in is. the truck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys stay here. I'll be back. Yeah. That, that, the only other thing as mysterious is why the Jacksons are there. Actually, it makes that, even more sense. Not. It, they yeah. shouldn't be there, but it makes a little more sense. They're right. a vocal group. Well, and Michael helped and it's write family. And, yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about the writing of it? Mm-hmm. Because so it was Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie mm-hmm. who wrote it in the Jackson family 
ranch yep. slash estate slash mansion. Okay. And apparently, I mean, you guys can do whatever you want with this, but they spent the week there and would sit up every night in Michael's bedroom. What? I mean, imagine Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson in his bedroom. Wait, he's got a mansion. Yeah. He's got to have a studio there. Lionel Richie tells it as if it's weird. And if Lionel Richie thinks it's <laughs> weird, he say, he describes it having no furniture, no bed, and they're sitting on the floor writing it. And Michael's geeking out like, this is my soul. This is what I've always been meant to do. There's like these albums, you know, that are kind of around the walls. Okay. Suddenly this snake like slithers out from behind. I am not. A, and Lionel Rich is like, hell no, man. What? <laughs> yeah, he describes So Again, being in the bedroom, they're writing this song, which will sell millions and millions of copies. What kind of snake was it? It may have been a python or a boa constrictor. Oh he was like, gosh. I don't care what it was. It's a snake. Michael is so weird. And then Latoya is like peeping in from the other room. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, go read this. And she swears. Like, she comes back later and swears. And Michael that, wrote yeah, all of it. Yeah, that yeah. Lionel Richie didn't do anything. I mean, he's too scared. There's a snake. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> gosh. It's, it's a good thing Stevie wasn't there. He can't see the snake. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't, I'm not trying to be rude, but yeah. like, seriously, yeah. it's a dangerous situation. <laughs> It also brings up the whole part of it that just like, I don't even know how I want to say this, but it's like, we could talk about, yes, it raised a lot of money for people who really needed it, but it seems like a weird way to raise money for people in Africa. You know, sure. I mean? that's why I think that's why it gets parodied so often. Yeah. We're super wealthy. We're super famous. We're patting ourselves on the back. Right. Yeah. We're going to show you how super famous we are and how super wealthy we are in our limos yep. and in our mansions where we're writing this. Mm-hmm. We're being generous by giving you us. Our talent. Yes, that's it. That's skill. it. Right. But we're not doing anything outside of that. We're not working towards the systems that brought this in place. And we're not like over there volunteering that's and handing yeah. out water and food. And it's just strange. It's bizarre to me, yeah. the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay, so that's the writing of it. That's mm-hmm. so weird. Yeah, LaToya swears that Lionel ended up writing none of it. None of it. That yeah. makes it seem if they're there for a week that she's there all the time peeking in. <laughs> taking notes <laughs> that's what i have her yeah this image of her just kind of lurking she would poke her head through the door and then above that would be tito and above that would be jermaine like all their heads <laughs> lined up peeking in the door and she's not in the video much is she there's no. like one yeah, little, pan yeah. of her yeah. a little clip so it's weird that the jacksons are there the most weird is that the news is there <laughs> those are the weirdest people that are there yeah. one of my favorite parts is kenny he does kenny rogers pretending day by day you know he does that country thing he's not trying to fit in yeah you know with any pop sensibility it's another reason i think why this was such a big song was it it did touch so many different genres i mean you had country fans who could hey, hey there's there's our guys you know there's willie and kenny and you've got the r&b you've got the pop rock you've got journey you've got the journey yeah. faction you there's no like kiss or iron maiden kind of you know, represented Gosh. but it is like a huge number of musical genres are represented here even even if the song is r&b pop tripe and in its defense it's it's multiracial it's yeah. multi-genre mm-hmm. multi-generational mm-hmm. you know yeah all right let's keep going all right so kenny has has just sang <laughs> there's the track suit yeah the track suit here's tina All right, yes. Billy Joel, and then here's Michael. Beyond the children, beyond the 
in the video, it's just him by himself. Yeah. Before everybody got there. Diana Ross. So just to go through that, Post Kenny is a guy named James, James Ingram. Ingram. Were you familiar with James Ingram? I couldn't tell you his songs, but I sort of know a little bit about him. And then Tina, Billy Joel, and then the harmony between Tina Turner and Billy Joel. He's not known for being a great vocalist. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm going to point out, Smokey Robinson is in the choir, <laughs> and he's not in the solos. And Bette Midler, too, right? Yeah. But I'm saying Smokey Robinson has one of the best voices of Motown. If I didn't have the visual, I could probably point out everyone's, oh, there's Tina. There's Kenny. There's nothing distinctive to me about Billy Joel's voice in this. No, Like it doesn't even sound like Billy Joel to me. It could be any sort of session singer to me. A little vanilla. I think he felt a little intimidated to be a part of the, the solos with all these stars. And you're having to sing in front of all these people. Yeah. That's the final. But this is a little bit of their rehearsal. So imagine you're having to work out a part. And there's famous people around you. I hope you left your ego at the door because yeah. that could be pretty embarrassing. That does sound very Paul song. Yeah. This is the rehearsal. Nailed it. We can't go on pretending day by day that someone Somewhere, somewhere What? Look, Tina. Hold on. Tina <laughs> turns away. Billy Joel sings his line, and then she just flips her head back around and does the harmony. You know, it's almost like it wasn't planned. She's like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> Did they have the lyrics yes, before? They, yes, it, but it had been sent to them. It had been sent to them, but a lot of them had never listened or paid attention to they it. They just, okay, yeah, yeah. Particularly James Ingram. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> I don't know what he said. All right. <laughs> Those were the warm ups. So the song continues on Dion Warwick, then you're going to hear Willie, and then Al Jarreau. Here we go. Oh, all right, hold on, Bruce. Wait, hold no, on. No, hold you on. can't stop there. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> he starts like before Al Jarreau's done. He's in the back of the room like, <laughs> like running towards the mic. All right, Bruce. Looks hold like on. He just Al- came from the gym. <laughs> yeah. Al Jarreau, he's got a cool voice, he man. Cool he's voice. got this. I only really knew him from the Moonlighting theme song. That was oh, he him. wrote that. Okay, was he like a was he a jazz singer so. or something? Okay, yeah. Yeah. I feel like he was kind of like a like the next Harry Belafonte kind okay, of. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah. Stuff what, like that. What was Willie doing in '85? This is not Outlaw Country. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
again, that could have been a very strategic, intentional. We can't just have Kenny. We've got to have more country. Well, and they had uh, uh, Whaling. 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 Yeah, was he's there. In, he was there until he stormed out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> because Stevie was trying to get them to do Swahili. That, that, yeah. That's weird. Or Michael too, was. And then thing. Stevie was trying to get him to do Swahili. And yeah. then Whalen stormed out saying something like, a good old boy doesn't sing Swahili. <laughs> Why don't you wait to see what they're going to do? All right, let's keep it rolling. I'm going to have to back up a little bit so we can Yes, we got to appreciate Bruce. this gotta fully. Kenny Loggins. Loggins. Oh, yes. You thought it was a female. It's Kenny Loggins. <laughs> yep. No Messina. Steve Perry. Daryl Hall. Who's that? Okay. Yeah. A snapshot of the 80s right yeah, there. Yeah, it is. Have you ever seen Bruce not sweating? <laughs> in a photo or in an interview or live? Only in that Super Bowl Jeep ad because he was apparently in like Kansas and there's snow everywhere. Sweating. He was sweating. It was just drying immediately. Yeah, right. I do have a Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen story if I can get it in there. Yes, the first please. time Bob yeah. Dylan meets Bruce Springsteen, he walks up to him and says, Oh, I heard you were the next me. On one hand, he is like, stop with all the fame, right? Fame is a thing for Dylan. Cause that, and I'm, I'm reading this biography by Clinton Halen right now. And I think Dylan, there comes to a point where he's like, I have to be Bob Dylan. And that's mm-hmm. what he has trouble dealing with and what yep. he's always reinventing himself. And, I think he has a lot of trouble dealing with that. Yeah. I think if there were hundreds of fans outside this studio trying to get his autograph, he probably would walk out. That's my take. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's probably why he also feels weird in the room. People there were fanboying. Apparently Al Jarreau sees him and he says something like, you're my hero. Did you read this, Matt? What does he say? Bobby, in my own stupid way, I just want to tell you I love you. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And it says Dylan, who simply blanked him entirely and walked he away. He just walks <laughs> off. <laughs> okay, so Springsteen does Bruce. He parodies himself. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> but he does bring an energy to it. Oh, he's, yeah. He's like America's Bono. That's exactly what... I mean, he, he's got the Bono line. The power. Who comes after Bruce? After Bruce is Loggins. Footloose had just come out. <laughs> yeah, Footloose. He needs to yeah. be there. And yeah. He's very 80s. Also, every time he begins, I think it's a woman I until do. they show him. Yeah. He's got that really, really high voice. That's why he's got the beard. <laughs> it's like, everybody keeps thinking I'm a woman. The whole time he's like, we're doing a video of this, right? <laughs> <laughs> he says his name before he, <laughs> before he sings. I'm Kenny Loggins. <laughs> Then you got Steve Perry and then Daryl Hall. When I hear Steve Perry, he sounds ridiculous outside of a Journey song. Yeah. Because he sounds like a Journey song, yep. but his voice just is a weird voice mm-hmm. outside of that genre. Who's coming up next? So we're, Huey, get, Huey we're getting to the bridge? We're getting to Huey yeah, Lewis. Cindy, we, yeah, we haven't gotten to Cindy Lauper yeah. yet. Oh, Huey's is just the build up to Cindy. Yeah. All right. So Michael starts the bridge. You're going to hear Huey Lewis, Cindy Lauper, and then Kim Carnes. Kim Carnes. Betty Davis eyes? Who's Kim Carnes? Okay. That's exactly the question, and that's exactly the answer. <laughs> There's only one answer to that question. She is... Again, Smokey Robinson doesn't get a line. Yeah, and Kim Carnes is out there because she, of Betty Davis eyes. She snuck in with Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Golly. All right, here comes the bridge. Why is Michael singing in the bridge? He sings the chorus. Give that line to Smokey. 
Huey. I mean, in her defense, Cindy brings it. Oh, yeah. So here's one thing. Huey wasn't supposed to be in the solos. He is singing the line that was meant for Prince. Mm, there it is. Yep. <laughs> Quincy thought it would be a good idea to put Prince and Michael Jackson together. Right. And even that night, Prince performs at the AMAs, and it's an incredible performance. Michael doesn't even show up. Prince t- takes home eight. Now, to Michael's credit, he still being nominated for Thriller, mm-hmm. which was two years earlier. So he still is on the charts. But there's this weird feud, and Prince refuses to come, says, I'll do a guitar solo if you want. And Quincy's like, we don't want a guitar solo. We got the news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's another way that shows how cool Prince is. Prince saw how cheesy this was going to be. He pulls the ultimate Bob Dylan in some ways. <laughs> yeah. By just not true. showing up. That's right. And then yeah. apparently... His manager told him, whatever you do, don't go out and party tonight because it'll look bad because you're not helping the charity. And sure enough, he goes out and he's seen at clubs all around LA or whatever. According to Wendy, one of his bandmates, she says that he didn't show, and I quote, because he thinks he's a badass and he wanted to look cool and he felt like the song for We Are The World was horrible. (laughs) And it says, and he didn't want to be around, quote, all those expletive. Prince, man. Prince protects his brand. Yeah. But somebody else actually said that when he used to record, he didn't have an engineer. He would go to the studio by himself, engineer himself, set it up, record. So he was all by himself. Similarly, it was like Bob Dylan where he says, I'm not in control of this environment. He's not used to taking orders. Or even fitting in in any way. Yeah. But Prince comes out on top because these people, while they did something good, it doesn't age well. And Prince is untouched. Yeah. We're leading up to your boy. Oh, man. Here it comes. We are a long way from blowing in the wind. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What is he even singing? You know they sang him the melody, and he's like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I got thanks. It. Yeah. We got to see Bob's prep. You have to. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, we can't even watch all it. There's like, it's like 19 nine minutes, minutes yeah. of Stevie Wonder coaching him. Have you seen it? I have not. Yeah, that's what first kind of got me interested in We Are the World is that whole thing. Besides Prince, is there any other huge 80s star that's thought, not in um, this? Madonna. Oh, yeah. Those are the two. That's true. For yeah. me. Madonna, Is there a story? Do we know the story? She wanted to come and she didn't get invited. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. She that's would be weird. the one. Yeah. I wonder why. This is the 1984 Billboard year in charts. I'm going to go down and I'm just going to list people that are from the U.S. Mm-hmm. on the charts that maybe could have been there. Van Halen. God, could you imagine David Lee Roth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He would be, if they gave him a solo. That'd be amazing. Yes. Ray Parker Jr., Ghostbusters. Sure. Okay. Oh, well, that's Huey Lewis. So we're good. Cool in the Gang. Okay. Corey Hart, Sunglasses at yeah. Night. The Cars. Okay. That would be weird if he, if, if Rick Ocasek was there. Livy Newton John. She's Australian. Oh. Um, Billy Ocean. He's Caribbean. He's- <laughs> <laughs> Rick Springfield. 
He could have been there. Yeah, he he's also Australian. Originally. Oh, is he? Yeah. I'm in my Australian you really do. <laughs> What about Banana Rama? Are they Australian? They're English. Okay. Before, this is before Wang Chung, LL Cool J, and yes. yeah. MC Run Hammer DMC. and all that stuff. Yeah, this is the year that Run DMC broke. All right, so they're not missing too many people. No. John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah. He should have been there. And the Go-Go's. Mm-hmm. They should have been there. See, I wouldn't even have a problem if the Go-Go's were there. Right. But the news being there, <laughs> that's pretty incredible when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Taking out artists from other countries. Sele- self-selects himself out. Yeah. But other than that, there weren't any glaring emissions mm-hmm. from people who were famous at the time. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's Bob rehearsing. They cleared everybody out of the room because it just wasn't going well. <laughs> We're saving our own lives. It's true, we make a better day. Just you and me. Oh, I can do that. We are the world. That's a little high for me. It sure sounded great, though, Bob. Was it? Because <laughs> no. he really wasn't singing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Does Bob Dylan sing? <laughs> That's a fair, fair question. <laughs> Man, he's out. He is just out of his out element. Of his element. Yeah. yeah. He never rehearses the same song more than three times because mm-hmm. he just gets bored and he's on to the next thing. And that's why it changes so much. I feel like that is just like Fish on the water. sitting in a dental chair. Yeah. Oh, also, can I read the quote? Please. Here's what Dylan says later on. No, no, this is in 1985. He says, People buying a song and the money going to starving people in Africa is a worthwhile idea. But I wasn't so convinced about the message of the song. To tell you the truth, I don't think people can save themselves. What does that mean? It's the line where they say, we're saving our own lives. That's the one he has to sing. Oh, that's right. And Dylan in 1985 is like, Jesus saves people, (gasps) not they don't save themselves. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's exactly what's happening there. That's interesting. It's so funny how elementary they were with him. You're doing great, buddy. That sounded wonderful. It's like is. he's a child. Yeah. Have we missed anything? The only thing left Dude. is Ray Charles. Which is appropriate that he would bring it home. Ray records that later, but l- listen to how he does it. Go one shot through. We are the world. If ever word that you want to use a professional on in the music business is Ray Charles. I call him the one take He's the genius. <laughs> listen how off from the track he is. That is amazing. He's the best. That is amazing. He knows. He's like, give me your song. I'm going to make it better. And he does. He's the best. You think there was heavy drinking going on during this? I watched that documentary and they look fine at five in the morning. Oh, yeah. You guys are just staying up just naturally. Yeah. <laughs> There's sure. no endorphins. No one's stepping off into another room. <laughs> I'd give anything to see like the behind the scenes. Okay. So those are all of the soloists. 
if we had to take some people out and put some people in, here are some people, I think, notable people that were not singing who were there. Dan Aykroyd. Sure. <laughs> a, a number one. Harry Belafonte, Lindsey Buckingham, Sheila E., any of the Jacksons, Waylon Jennings. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was planned to get the He was not planned to get a solo, but uh, Bette Midler, Pointer Sisters, Smokey Robinson. Would you make any changes? As I mentioned before, like the Billy Joel line to me is just so milk toast. Yeah. I'd love to hear Smokey Robinson. I mean, I think even Lindsey Buckingham would have been an interesting addition. Mm-hmm. He could have he could have slipped in like the National Lampoon's Holiday Road song or something. Oh, that's right. You got any, Dwayne? Did they have to be there? Yes. Oh, all right. I'll agree. I'll go Smokey. I mean, if it's someone who's not there, I want David Lee Roth. I can't there. stop thinking about a, me- a metal version. I want Gene Simmons. I mean, <laughs> there was no metal representation. The only people I would take out is Kim Carnes. I would take out Steve Perry. And even though I don't know him, James Ingram, mm-hmm. like there needs to be more R&B representation. So, yeah. all right, cool. Well, that that's kind of our version of taking a track off the album. Yeah. Guys, this song, this night, and all the stories associated with it, we've only scratched the surface. Yeah. I mean, some of the interactions between these famous people is incredible. And the song and the moment and the best part about it is Bob Dylan. So, Dwayne, thank you as our resident Bob yes. Dylan expert. While we're not doing a Dylan album right now, we did need you here yes. to speak to the enigma that is Bobby D. <laughs> Thanks. I'm happy to represent. Thanks for being here for this. This has been so much fun to take this little trip down a cocaine infused memory lane. (laughs) That's great. Reminds me of being nine. (laughs) As always, thanks for everyone for listening to finest work songs. And we always enjoy engaging on social media at finest work songs on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find us on Facebook. And of course, send us your emails at finestworksongs at gmail.com. We'll be back soon with another Epipod. And until then, we hope you just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you are the world. Yeah, you are. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio. And you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music. Mm-hmm.